Tennis Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast now presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to win another $100, no questions asked, at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN merch store. Use the promo code NFC Beast for 15% off, active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. And today is Sunday, October 30th, which means we have a couple more ATP tournaments to go through. We have the final to talk about both in Vienna and Basel, which should be a lot of fun. Before we actually get into any of those matches, do you want to recap how we did on the last pod? Starting off with the overall outrights. Not good. In fact, I don't even think we have a single outright left. We tried to stay away from chalk this week, and we also tried to fade the players that won a title last week. That did not work because you ended up having Felix and Rune, who both won last week, in the final against each other. So that did not work out. Uh, We were right about not taking Alcaraz, but unfortunately, the actual long shots and all the picks we had did not work. And then for the other tournament we didn't really get much right we didn't want to take Medvedev even though he was the favorite and he's rolled and yeah Shapo's made it to the final as well but for the outrights we struck out there however for the lock and dog did did make some profit we did lose the lock as we had Diminor to beat Rune in the immediate rematch uh, with the fatigue angle attached to it and that did not work out as Diminor lost to Rune for the second time in a week and then we ended up winning the dog we did have the over two and a half sets in the Tommy Paul and Dominic team match. We thought it would be a war, and it was a war and a half. It was really a phenomenal match, but we picked up a nice winner there, so technically made a little bit of change there with the lock and dog segment. Could be worse, but of course do want to at least discuss some of the uh, just overall matches and stuff that caught my eye in each tournament so far. Starting off with Vienna, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Medvedev is really, really good at tennis, and Chapo has definitely been solid as well. Uh, the one surprise in this overall event was Dimitrov, who ended up making it to the semis, and then Medvedev dispatched of him relatively easily. So props to Dimitrov for actually making a somewhat deep run in ATP tournament for once, but he faced off against a guy who really was taking no prisoners, and Dimitrov got torched. And then going through Chapo's results here, uh, Keys looked good. He had a very tough schedule. He ended up having to beat Fritz in three in the round of 16, then beat Evans in straight sets in the quarters and beat Chorich in the semis. And Chorich had a very fun and entertaining match against Herkaz in the round prior. But Chapo props him for making it back to an ATP final. We saw him lose to Nishioka a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he can finally get over the top and win this event. But moving on to the other takeaways in Basel, uh, you have Felix who apparently doesn't believe in fatigue and he's potentially on the verge of winning his third straight ATP title in three weeks because he is on a massive winning streak and it seems like nobody can stop him right now. Now, Rune is also on a winning streak because he did win in Stockholm after beating Tsitsipas in the final last Sunday, but even in uh, Sofia in the previous tournament, he lost in the final. So you have Felix who has made the final in three straight tournaments, Rune's also made the final 
in three straight tournaments. The only difference is Felix has two titles and Rune has one because he lost to Husor in Sofia in the final. But either way, these are two of the most informed players in the world right now. And they're going up against each other. Should be a lot of fun to go through the path, though. I was tempted by Husor uh, to make a serious long shot run there at 50-1 to 1 in his home country. He gave Felix a run for his money. Did win the first set against Felix, but ended up losing 6-4, uh, 6-4 in the next two sets. And then Felix really just turned on the aggression and just improved his level because he didn't drop a set after that. Beat Kekmanovic 6-1-6-0. That was a bloodbath. Beat Bublik 6-2-6-3. And then beat the number one player in the world ranking-wise. Beat Alcaraz 6-3-6-2. Absolute clinic on his part. Rune ended up having a couple of difficult matches but got through it. Beat Diminor in the first round in straight sets. Beat Umber in straight sets. Beat Rinderknich in straight sets. There was a tiebreak attached to it. And beat Batista Agud in the semis in straight sets. Kind of really lucky that it was straight sets because he was down 6-2 in the second set breaker. And Batista Agut absolutely just punted away the second set breaker, which allowed Rune to win all four rounds in straight sets. So both guys have been very good. We'll cover those matches in depth. But before we actually do that, going to take a quick word from our sponsor. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet win hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100 and win $100 for no questions asked. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to SportsCamp podcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you the sportsgamepodcast.com slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t to claim your free bet today offer something to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 welcome back everyone to the tennis gambling podcast just finished recapping how we did last week and the pathway that some of these uh, finalists have had over the last couple of days to their potential ATP title on Sunday. But now it's time to actually get into the matches from a betting perspective. We're going to start off with Vienna because it does start an hour before Basel. So we're going to start off with the Shapovalov and Medvedev match to go through the odds there. No surprises. You have Medvedev being a pretty hefty favorite here at minus 425 and Shapo is plus 320 the other way. As for the spread, Medvedev is minus three and a half, minus uh, minus three and a half games is minus 150. And a Shapo the other way, plus three and a half is plus 110. Uh, besides that, though, for the over and under, you're looking at basically 21 and a half. The over is minus 145. The under is plus 115. And if you want to go alternative, you could potentially find a 22 and a half at over even money. And the under is minus 120. So you have some options there. But to go through the overall head-to-head -head meetings, they actually played earlier this season. And Medvedev ended up winning in straight sets in Cincinnati. They were competitive. Did win 7-5, 7-5. And the story in that match was really 
just Medvedev's constant pressure towards Shapovalov service games. Now to go through the first serve and second serve win percentage, Medvedev won 78% of his first serve points and 61% of his second serve points. Shapo won 62% of the first serve and 52% of the second serve. So... Medvedev really was all over him. He had 13 breakpoint chances compared to Shapo's four. And Medvedev won an absurd 56% of his return points. And Shapo won 21. That's really the story. And if you go through the career meetings, uh, that was the most recent one. It is 3-2 in favor of Medvedev. However, Shapo did win the first two meetings. And then after that, Medvedev has won each of the last three in straight sets. So... I mentioned the pathway for both players so far. Just to run by it again, Medvedev has not dropped the set. He's actually not even gone to a 7-5 or 7-6. Uh, dominated against Basilashvili, who has been tanking the whole year. That doesn't really mean anything. Beat team. You could argue about fatigue because he was in a war with Paul the round prior. Still won 6-3, 6-3 in team's home country. Then absolutely crushed Sinner in a very impressive win of 6-4, 6-2. And then beat Dimitrov, who was kind of a Cinderella story there, 6-4, 6-2 in the semis. But he really has not had to expend much energy because he's been cruising. And I think that should definitely benefit him. And also being one of the most fit players on tour, which should help. But Chapo uh, had a straight set win in the round of 32. Had a three set match against Fritz, which was a bit tiring. Beat Evans 6-3, 6-3. Evans is still a player who can prolong a match because of how long the rallies are. So it's not exactly an easy matchup. And then beat Chorich 7-6, 6-0 where George gave him all he could handle in the first set, and then George just ran out of gas and got skunked in the second set 6-0. But I do think fatigue should benefit Medvedev here, because I think that Chapo, just based on the fact he had a breaker and a three-set match, should definitely struggle a bit more with energy. Medvedev took some time off after the U.S. Open, played one match, lost to Warenka in Mets, had a couple of weeks off, and he's been rolling I'm picking Medvedev to win this match. I understand that Chapo possesses firepower, and he definitely could overpower Medvedev if he's on. The problem is the unforced error count, and Medvedev is so good at keeping the ball in play. I've mentioned it time and time again. He goes brick wall mode, and I know his reign as the number one player in the world was disappointing, but I still think overall he's a much better player than Chapo on a day-in, day-out basis. If Chapo's at his best, he could overpower Medvedev. But if you're talking about an average day, Medvedev is going to make Chapo hit so many extra shots. And we know that's a very slippery slope for Dennis. So I think that that's going to be the story of the match. Uh, Medvedev winning the last three meetings in straight sets does help. Uh, beat him in the Laver Cup 6-4, 6-0 in 2021. I mentioned the 7-5, 7-5 match there in Cincinnati. But it's really just based on the fact that Medvedev is so much better returning than Chapo. And I do think when you have three times more breakpoint chances in the last meeting, 7-5, 7-5 is a bit misleading. Uh, Medvedev had a lot of chances to really blow the match open and just couldn't capitalize. And Chapo also has double fault issues. Medvedev does too, but I think Chapo has been more vulnerable to double faults throughout this tournament. So I do think if you're looking at an overall play here, I think Medvedev wins in straight sets. I don't mind looking at that at around minus 135. You might have a competitive set in there, maybe even a breaker. But I think there are levels to this matchup, and I simply put, think that Medvedev is just the better player. Uh, you can shop around, you see one and a half sets at minus 155. For Medvedev, I found minus 135. I'll gladly take the free 20 cents. No questions asked. So my favorite play in this match is going to be on Medvedev. Uh, minus one and a half sets at minus 135. As for the actual total, 
Uh, it really comes down to if I think there's going to be a breaker or not. And there could be because you had the 7-5-7-5 match, but I think I just like the under. I, you can talk about how Mevit has been bad in finals this year, but Chapo has been awful in finals as well, and he hasn't made many this year. He's kind of had a down year for a decent portion of it. Once again, I think there are levels, so I'll go with I'll lean under. I don't feel great about it, but I will take the Mevit at minus one and a half sets as my favorite play in this match. Now moving on to Basel, time to go through the matchup between two players playing the best tennis of their careers. Uh, you have Felix as a big favorite, not as big as Medvedev, but still minus 280. And you have Rune the other way at plus 235. As for the spread, Rune is plus three and a half games at minus 120. Felix the other way is minus three and a half at even money. You could get alternatives. You could get two and a half at minus 160 and plus two and a half games for Rune at plus 130. Uh, besides that, the over-under... 22.5 is minus 120 on the over. Under 22.5 is even money. And the sets, you have over 2.5 at plus 150. Under 2.5 sets is minus 180. So this one is pretty tricky because of how well these guys have played. However, just to go through the actual style of play in current form, I do think Felix is the better player. And it's most of the serve. Rune has been serving better lately, but Felix has been an absolute machine in the entire tournament. Both guys have not been broken. Both guys have been absolutely nuts in terms of holding. However, Felix has faced, faced one break point up to this point. And it was against Alcaraz, who was one of the best returners in the world. And yet he only had one break point chance. Uh, Bublik had zero. Uh, Kekmanovic had zero. And Husor had zero. So Felix is serving out of his mind right now in Basel, and Rune has been holding. The issue is he has faced a decent amount of break points. Uh, you had Batista Agut, who ended up having seven break point chances, capitalized on none of them. Umber had one. He did not capitalize. Uh, Diminor had three. Rinderknich had zero. But the point is, Rune has had to face a couple break points here and there, and Felix has not. Now, I'm not saying that he's not going to face a break point once again for the uh, fourth match in this tournament. But the fact that Felix can win so many free points on the serve compared to Rune, I think is a massive advantage. And that's also what I mentioned in the quarter match. The only concern was fatigue, but I talked about how I thought Felix would end up winning a lot of points on the serve, and he did. And Korda had two break points in that match. He won 18% of the return points. So even dating back to last tournament, Felix was serving out of his mind. And it seems like his serve is in a rhythm it has not been in before, and that makes him very, very dangerous. Now, Rune, I get that he's definitely a youngster who can become potentially a top 10 player in the world, definitely top 15. He's 19, and he's uh, number 25. But still, I think I'm leaning Felix here, and I wanted to make a case for the dog. You can argue Rune keeps it close. I think it's pretty similar to the Felix Corda match that I covered last Sunday, where... Rune definitely can be more aggressive than Korda, but he's willing to rally a bit. The serve can be inconsistent, and I think Felix will overpower him at times. Now, for that quarter match, once again, I leaned to the over, hoping for fatigue, but that hasn't been an issue, and Felix has looked even stronger this tournament than the last tournament. So I am going to go with the favorite here as well. The games are tricky because neither player has been broken yet, but I do think if you want to look at my expectations for the overall match. I do think Felix breaks at least once. The over-under is two and a half for his breaks of serve. Um, I don't think he's going to break Rune three times, 
So I think the under two and a half might be worth a look there. Rune break, the over half a break is minus 185. The under half a break is plus 155, which I understand because all it takes is one bad service game and you're home free. But he has faced one break point in the entire tournament. And Alcaraz is a much better returner than Rune. So I think the props are kind of fascinating for this overall event. But yeah, I think I'm just going to go with Felix here. Uh, I'll go with the two and a half games at minus 160. Uh, I'll shop around quickly and see if I can find a better line than 160. I'm not sure if I want the three and a half because you're basically hoping for a 6-3 set. You could break twice, one in each set, but once again, I have been impressed by how Rune has been serving lately as well, so I think that could be a bit tricky. But yeah, I think that's going to be my main lean. I'm going to go with Felix, minus two and a half games at minus 160, and I think he'll probably end up winning in straight sets, but we'll see what happens. Other than that, though, uh, that's going to kind of wrap it up for the actual match previews. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. Maybe even a prop thrown in there for the final segment. But before we actually do that, I could have another word from our sponsor. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast YouTube channel because they are having a special promotion. They are giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor jersey or an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. And the best part, the contest is completely free to enter. There's three steps. I'm going to walk you through how to do it. Step one, subscribe to youtube.com slash Podcast. Step two, comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. And step three, turn on your notifications so you don't miss SGP contacting you when they pull the winner. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the final previews in Basel and Vienna. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks along with the prop. Starting off with the lock, going to go to uh, Vienna. Looking at the matchup between Chapo and Medvedev. Going to take Medvedev, minus one half sets at minus 135. I mentioned now it's available at minus 155 at other places, but if you're going to save me 20 cents, I will gladly take it. Medvedev is a level above Shapo. He has not dropped a set. He's also not even dropped more than four games in a set into this tournament. I think he's just rolling, and it looks like Medvedev is fully comfortable. Shapo has been good, but he has been vulnerable. Went to a breaker against Chorich, ended up losing a set to Fritz. I just think there are levels to this. And when you've won each of the last three head-to-head meetings, including a meeting earlier this season, in straight sets, I do think Medvedev has Chapo's number, and he should win this one probably around 6-4, 6-4. But I will take Medvedev minus one and a half sets as my lock. For my dog, going to go to a prop here, and it will be on the same match. In fact, all three plays will be on the Medvedev-Chapo match. I'm going to take the total double faults between both players, and I'm going to take the over. Six and a half double faults at plus 105. A couple reasons why I like this play. First of all, Shapo's been double faulting like a lunatic so far in this event to go through his numbers in each individual match. So in the first round, he ended up having four double faults. Second round, he had four double faults. Third round, he had three. And then against Chorich, he had five. And if you want to even go further than that, he had six against Diminor in Stockholm. Uh, he had three the round prior. Uh, if you want to even go back to Tokyo, uh, he had one against Fritz, so he was under control there. Uh, he had five against Chorich there. He had uh, two in a very quick match against Noguchi, and he had two against Steve Johnson. But if you're going through realistically just Vienna and uh, the Stockholm match he had against Diminor, he's been a double fault machine, and he's been double faulting 
north of four times pretty frequently. So I do think he could do a lot of the heavy lifting here. And we know Medvedev has had double fault issues in the past. So far in this tournament, he's been relatively under control. He had two double faults against Dimitrov. He had zero against Sinner. He had four against Dominic Team, And he had two against Basilashvili. Uh, to go to the match before that in Mets, he had 12 against Waranka. We also know he had that awful performance in Cincinnati against Sitsipas where he had 11 double faults. So the point is either guy could potentially implode here and put up five by themselves. And I do think if that's the case, so there's value, especially a plus money on the over six and a half double faults combined because you could have one seriously bad outing from either player or somewhere in the middle where Shapa goes for four double faults and Medvedev goes for three, and he ended up cashing. But plus money, I'll gladly take that. I think that definitely should be somewhere closer to minus 110, minus 115. And to go through the actual prop, kind of the bonus prop, because my dog was another one, is going to be the aces prop from Medvedev. Going to take him over five and a half aces at minus 135. I mentioned Medvedev has kind of been going for broke a bit more on his second serves, which explain the large amount of double faults recently. However, his serve has been very good and very effective in terms of aces. He had... Six aces against Dimitrov. He had seven against center. He had six against team, which is very impressive because team stands about 45 feet off the court. And he had 10 against Basilashvili. Uh, before that, against Waranka, he had nine. So the point is, he's been serving very well. And I do think Shapo could run into some trouble since Medvedev is a really, really good server. And you're looking at the numbers. Shapo's been pretty good at returning in this tournament, but Fritz did have, I believe it was 10 aces against them. So it definitely is feasible that uh, Medvedev could get to six. And if you want to go through the head-to-head meetings, Medvedev ended up only having four in the last timeout, but he only had 66% of his first serves. I think he could do better than that. I also didn't mention, by the way, for the double fold prop at six and a half, uh, the last head-to-head meeting in Cincinnati, each player had five double faults. So I definitely like that. But you're looking at Medvedev's other matches against Shapo. He had 12 Back in uh, Tokyo in 2018, he had, sorry, just uh, looking through this. Yeah, he's, he's had a decent amount of aces in some of the head-to-head meetings. And I do think, based on his serve and how well it's been in this overall tournament, I do think that'll give up, or he'll record at least six. And I think Shop will have a hard time of getting to a decent amount of these serves. But other than that, though, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll be back at some point next week to cover... Uh, an ATP tournament going on in Paris, which should be a lot of fun. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.